Hi guys, welcome to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Hall, and today I have Holly on the podcast and Lauren on the podcast. Hopefully we'll have Hattie soon, as you might recognize these two. Um, they had a kind of female-specific fat loss roundtable not that long ago, and it went down very well, so I wanted to get everyone back on the podcast. So hopefully Hattie will uh, join us later. I know it's uh, probably very early in Australia right now. Uh, last time, and that was episode 248, 249, that was more just general fat loss. So we talked about setting up a deficit, uh, whether someone was ready to diet or not, what to look for, the difference between competition prep and normal diets and kind of utilizing diet breaks and refeeds. And we also spoke about like how low can you go of calories, but we didn't go in depth into competition prep and like peak weeks and things like this, monitoring progress. So those are some of the topics I really wanted to delve into. So I'll chuck a question over to Lauren, first of all, and essentially I thought a good place to start would be before someone is looking to do a competition, depending on maybe we stick with bikini and figure as they're kind of the two most popular. How long do you think or how do you decide whether or not someone's ready to even compete? Because I know it's getting sexy, it's getting kind of appealing to people to compete and they might just, I don't know, they might just get into the gym and that year they want to try and get into it. But what do you kind of see as like, a, what do you hope to see from someone before you go down that route? So first of all, thank you again for having us on. I'm really excited for this. And last time was so, so great. Um, so this is, of course, a very nuanced question. I always like to start off with, what is the client's goal? Are they looking to turn pro and compete as a pro? Are they just looking to do one show and see if they're even interested in it? So that's definitely going to change things, right? Now, of course, even if you do want to go the pro route, you're still going to have many shows before you turn pro. So it's not like your first show ever is going to be where you turn pro. Um, so of course, there has to be like a building phase in that sense. Um, but I would say that generally speaking, if somebody's brand new and they're like, just, Hey, I want to do a show. I have this question a lot, like, all right. And I'm like, they just think it's gonna be like a 12 week prep. I'm like, all right, let, give me like a year. They're like, Whoa, what? Like, all right. <laughs> we're going to have to have like four to six months before probably six months of a diet. And then I really need you to stick with it for another few months afterwards. Right? Like, even if you never want to do this ever again, before, during, and after is so crucial. So it's kind of a good rule of thumb. It's going to depend on where somebody is, right? Have they already worked their calories up? Do they have a regular cycle? Have they been resistance training? You know, that's going to be, okay, we don't really need as much time. Um, but if somebody's brand new and they're a little bit more novice, I would say, okay, let's spend at least the next six months building your food up, getting you to have a really good baseline of habits. Um, because something I like to say is that you're never going to build good habits in a deficit. And of course, there are going to be certain good habits that are built, right? Like, I understand that can be taken out of context. Like, oh, there are good habits. Yes, I know. But you know what I'm talking about? Like, we all have a bucket of like the best habits and we need to start at the top. And if we're starting kind of halfway and like, oh, we'll just kind of eke our way to a contest prep be ready for hell afterwards. So that previous time is not just about getting calories up. It's also about getting the habits in check, getting your mindset right. And then of course, if the client does need to build a substantial amount of muscle, that is going to extend that timeline. So I would say anywhere from like one month to a year is going to be kind of like that pre-phase, depending on where somebody is, but in a more realistic situation, probably about three to six months. Is that how you would see things going as well, Holly? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think something else that I would probably throw in there um, at, at the very beginning when we're deciding whether we're going to compete is um, what is the underlying motivation? Because I think a lot of people uh, tend to 
choose to do a contest prep for um, potentially the wrong reasons. So it might be that they are kind of feeling subject to a bit of peer pressure. Perhaps their friends are doing it. Uh, maybe they're feeling uh, influenced by um, somebody that they follow online. Uh, I know I have had a lot of people kind of reach out, you know, during the courses of my contest preps and they'd, they'd, they kind of say, oh, well, this really motivates me. I want to do what you do. And, you know, I, I don't actually think that um, that's a good enough reason to, you know, have to step on stage. Um, and, you know, really just questioning that underlying motivation because, you know, I think some people will decide to do it because they think that there's this, you know, beautiful pot of gold and rainbow at the end and it's going to ultimately make them really happy or they're going to feel more worthy of themselves. Um, and you don't need to do a prep necessarily uh, in order to achieve your physique goals. I think you can do that without uh, having to step on stage. And I think just knowing how difficult uh, a contest prep is, um, we really need to consider whether that's something that you want to do because you're going to be getting pretty damn lean, um, you know, in order to be, um, you know, competitive. So, yeah, I think that's probably one of the other things that I would um, consider at the front end um, and also uh, somebody's emotional health as well. Um, preps are definitely not for the faint of heart. So, you know, making sure somebody is psychologically prepared and ready for that because there are a lot of sacrifices. It is a very selfish sport. It probably means you're going to have to give up something else and that might be, you know, spending time with your kids, spending time with your significant other, um, you know, putting on hold schooling or, you know, putting your job as your second priority. So, um, there's a lot of work and I think, um, you know, being ready um, for the, the psychological struggles um, is also a really important consideration too. Awesome. And I know, Lauren, you mentioned kind of six months, I guess it was just like a random figure you threw out. So six months like to get to show, but you like also having someone ahead of time, uh, depending on where they're at, like they might need more time to get into a good position. But do you guys have like a general framework that you like to work from for getting someone to stage? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, um, if I was going to be working with somebody that's getting on stage, Again, like Lauren kind of mentioned before, you know, are they doing this because they're trying to win a pro card or if it's, is it their first show? Because you really do have a different take um, and approach with those, um, those clients because they're going to be significantly different end outcomes. Um, but for somebody that perhaps has competed a little bit uh, in the past and they're working towards um, pro status, um, generally speaking, as far as a time frame is concerned, um, I'd be looking at, um, you know, their current body weight and how much um, of a total percentage body weight do they need to lose. Um, and as a general rule of thumb, I would say that if you have more than 10% of your body weight to lose, you probably need to be allowing at minimum somewhere between, you know, 15 uh, to 20 weeks. Um, but if you have less than, say, 10% of your body body fat to lose um, or body weight, I should say, um, you can probably afford a slightly shorter contest prep. So it might be, you know, in the realm of, you know, 10 to 15 weeks. So that's kind of how I'd be looking at things. Um, and then you can really take a look at the total number of weeks that you need to prep for. And then I usually take that number and kind of make a nice clean divide and um, divide that over the number of weeks. And that gives the client a really nice, um, I guess, target to work towards every week. 
Now, that being said, weight loss is never really perfectly linear. Um, it often takes place in quite a step-like fashion. So, you know, something that I really find valuable is taking a look at maybe two or three weeks of the client's uh, weight loss and kind of summing those numbers together. And then that can be a really good reflection on, hey, how are you actually progressing based on our goal um, for the total amount of weight loss? Um, Lauren, what do you do? I'm sure it's probably a little bit different. We probably have different methods. Yeah. So typically I will, I won't have it as structured as that, like dividing a percentage, um, mm-hmm. but I can typically, well, for, it'll be two, two things. One, if I've worked with somebody before, that's mm-hmm. going to be a lot easier as far as knowing a target, you know, body composition Yes. Um, for, a, for new clients, it's always kind of a shot in the dark because some people have to lose a lot more than others. And some people I'm working with a girl right now. And I mean, I'm, I almost like bought her a new scale. I was like, there's no fucking way that you're getting leaner every week. And this is not somebody who is like, you know, like there, of course there's genetic freaks, right. Who like gain muscle and, and, you know, when they're losing body fat and like, she just, you know, I mean, she has, you know, great body composition, but she doesn't strike me as somebody who is this person. Right. But she has been getting leaner in her photos every week on her prep. And I mean, I'm telling you when it's like a pound is shaved off like every few weeks. And she's like, losing her mind because she's like am I doing something wrong and I'm like listen like I'm looking at the pictures I've seen videos I've seen like it's not like I'm just I'm like I'm at a loss but we need to stop we're not gonna wait right now because it is driving you up a wall and I don't I don't care how much you weigh you know what I mean like we're not using that right now and it's her first show so again she wasn't very big to start so it's kind of one of those things too um so if I know somebody I know okay target weight loss is going to be here for a new client I always like to say more time versus less so that's why I kind of like to give that six month Mm -hmm. range do most people need six months give or take right some people need longer some people need shorter but I'm like hey I want you to at least mentally plan for this so that Mm -hmm. if we are ready early great we're either do a show early or we reverse into the show best case scenario Um, but it's one of those things that like I find that most people are going to be around that period of time. Um, and that also, I think, helps people like, oh, okay, like that makes it seem serious. So when we were talking about earlier, Holly, like how you said, you know, what are their intentions? Mm-hmm. It's really important because if you're like, hey, we need three months before, six months during and three months after, what does that look, what does that sound like to you? And they're like, oh, I was not prepared at all to make that type of time, money, any type of investment. Okay. Well, then you maybe, maybe sh- shouldn't do a prep right now. Um, mm-hmm. But here is roughly what it's going to look like. So I would say that, yeah, I'm definitely, it's going to depend on, of course, if I've worked with the client before, do I know what their target is? Do I know how they lose fat? Some people lose fat easier than others and, and vice mm-hmm. versa. Um, you know, what are we going to be doing here? But I would say that generally speaking on as an average, most clients take about that much time. Um, and that also allows to factor in for things that come up. And, and when things do come up, we can say, hey, okay, well, here is the rough end goal. This might push us back a little bit. Are we still in for this? Are we still out? And I actually really don't pick target shows for clients mm. unless they are international. Now, international shows have blown up um, in proportion to how they were just a few years ago. I mean, even in Australia, like, remember, there was always like two big shows a year. Like, I mean, now there's even a lot more like, everywhere is becoming more and more show heavy. So it's less of an issue now, but unless somebody has a very particular show schedule, like I have a client in Japan right now, Hey, there's these shows this week, you know, we got to mm-hmm. pick for them. Um, or a client is trying to do an NPC national show, which is in the States where you turn pro. 
um, you know, that's obviously going to be a more advanced client and we can kind of target that easier because we know, okay, we've competed before, where is their body comp going to be? Roughly how long is this going to take? So that's really the only time that I like to target certain shows um, mm -hmm. is to likely turn pro. Yeah, I think the other thing as well, um, as we, as you were talking, uh, sprang to mind was the um, incorporation of diet breaks. Obviously, that's a fairly uh, nuanced area of nutrition science. And it's really interesting getting people's feedback um, on how they have enjoyed that. And again, like you said, it's it's hard to know sometimes if you are working with a brand new client who's never incorporated that before, you know, that might be a whole new concept to them. But um, I have certainly found it interesting working with, um, you know, a more elite level um, of clientele. Some of the pros have started using these breaks, um, but it's such a mixed um, response to how well they find them. So despite the research saying, you know, these are so good for, you know, preserving your RMR and preserving your lean body mass, I can't stand them. I feel like it throws me off, throws me off my flow. Um, they just don't work for my psychology. I end up binge eating. Um, these are not good for me. So, you know, taking into consideration some of those things, because I know when we kind of plan out a contest prep for our clients, and I'm sure you do the, the same too, Lauren, is, you know, factoring in those diet breaks. Um, that's another thing that you have to give consideration for for the course or the total duration of the the diet itself. So, you know, you may have one client that's got very similar goals, and then you have another client who, you know, probably needs to lose the same amount of weight, but one of them may end up having a significantly longer, um, you know, prep series because they really want to have that freedom and flexibility to take periods at maintenance. So, there's so many things that kind of get worked into a prep um, that you have to consider. But I think um being open and kind of forthcoming with you know the overall plan like if someone reaches out and they're thinking that they're going to compete in 2021 kind of giving them that feedback and saying hey you know maybe you actually do need to have a good period of time first working on building otherwise if you diet down right now your physique might be not what they're looking for so you need some time to build and improve your body comp and then here's how long the diet's going to be and okay what about did you consider the post diet program you know there's a period where we're going to have to reverse you so that you can actually maintain something closer to your desirable or ideal body composition so I think when you kind of paint out that um, you know schedule for them that can be really helpful for people um, to decide you know when does it make sense for me to actually compete? I was just going to say one, one oh, go thing on, about go the on, diet breaks. Yeah. Like, that's the hardest thing about Zoom is like <laughs> trying to time the like. <laughs> um, so that's the one interesting thing about research, right? Like we use it as a backbone, um, but then you can't just take it at face value. If you have a client, and that's where coaching comes in, um, an actual coaching, like you can't just be like in the literature, diet breaks have been shown to be successful. Well, if the client is now falling off plan and their mental health is deteriorating from it, or they, they just didn't physically respond to it and we're three days in and their body is just not handling it well, we need to stop. I don't care how many papers have been published. <laughs> it is not going to be useful um, in that scenario. And you know, some of the research on diet breaks has been amazing, um, but it is certainly not in bodybuilding competition prep clients who are getting very lean. Right. Mm -hmm. So we always have to take that into consideration. Um, and the reason that we don't have that type of research is because nobody who's going through a bodybuilding prep 
wants a random scientist to do their diet, which is why we have case studies with bodybuilders. Um, but I mean, even me, I trust a lot of scientists. I wouldn't let somebody do that, right? Like I just, I just wouldn't. So it's one of those things that we have to like, okay, here's the mechanism, here's how it works, and here's how it might or might not apply to my life my client's life really yeah I think um thinking back to the you know bodybuilding clientele I think interestingly that that particular group are probably more susceptible to needing those diet breaks just because they are getting down to those super low body fat percentages so Mm -hmm. they don't have that you know adiposity adipose tissue available to serve as an energy provider you know when they're getting down to the wire so for that group that would probably be something that you would really want to consider. But for someone that's brand new um, and maybe is carrying a little bit more body fat at the beginning um, of the diet, they probably don't need them. So yeah, there's so so many things to consider when you um, plan on setting it up. Hey, Pascal here. I just wanted to take the moment to talk about our membership site. Inside, you'll find a thriving forum, an extensive exercise library, courses, presentations, and research reviews. All I need you to do is hit the link in the description below and sign up. Yeah, I think this is where, uh, I think we may have touched on it a bit last time, but just thinking about setting up for a contest prep. You can't set it up like it's a normal diet because like you mentioned there, rate of loss is going to be like a percentage or less. Uh, the majority of the time it's going to be less than a percentage, hence kind of your kind of week's recommendation under 10% or above 10% mm-hmm. above your stage weight. And then, I mean, six months, that's a lot longer than I think a lot of people would necessarily anticipate who maybe aren't educated in this. I think it's becoming better known that more time, and especially mm-hmm. if it's, I just always think a, a great analogy is if it's a journey you've never traveled, you better add buffer time because if you want to get there on time and like you do need to be there on time for some sort of shows, uh, you better have buffer time. And then the, the kind of utility of refeeding or diet breaks probably increase as you're getting leaner and leaner and dieting for longer. So with all of that said, your, your contest preps longer than just a, a general uh, fat loss phase. Something I definitely wanted to touch on, and I guess Lauren, maybe you can touch on this because you were talking about your client there was monitoring progress. So we've kind of talked about scale weight there. We also talked about pitches and things like this. So what what do you like to use when you're taking a competitor to stage to monitor progress? So the number one thing is going to be photos. I mean, there's no way around that. And not just photos, but also videos of them posing. Um, because the way that curse than a video so oftentimes you know you have clients sending you posing videos like with their appropriate poses for their division and then you can really see their body moving because if you hit a side glute shot and everything looks great and then you start to turn and that shit's all jiggly we really need oh okay in your standing photo you look good but we are not ready you know what i mean so there's a very big difference of a body in motion versus a body posing and that's how they judge everything um and there's you know nothing wrong with it we all have it we just need to get it down for the show. Um, So it's very different when we're talking about a contest prep diet versus obviously a a lifestyle diet for that reason. Um, Now, I'm not going to say that the scale doesn't matter, right? Because again, in these types of situations, 
99% of the time, scale going down is a really positive sign for a client. Obviously, if somebody is taking drugs, that could completely change the game, right? Like if they're getting leaner and they're gaining muscle mass. Um, I have known natural people to do that as well. Of course, they are an outlier. Um, by a large number, they are an outlier. But, you know, if, if somebody is taking drugs, they might not see a huge difference in their um, scale weight. So that is something to consider as well. Um, but if you are working with a natural female client, body fat dropping is going to lead to weight dropping. Um, so it is something to monitor, but if I was only looking at that and I wasn't looking at her pictures, I would just be slashing her food and not listening to her biofeedback. Like, listen, like I'm hungry. Like I am definitely feeling more fatigued. Like I'm feeling like I'm moving through this food. My digestion is normal, right? Like, like all of these signs that are positive, like, all right, well, you are in a calorie deficit, right? Um, so again, it's going to depend too on the person's body. Is it me? I'm a big person. I need to lose more weight versus somebody who's tinier or more petite. Maybe they don't need to lose as much. And we all know there's a difference. Somebody can literally lose two pounds and have a different physique. Now, in, in the physique competition world, right? Like, you know, they're already lean and they're just getting like a pound or two leaner. And you're like, holy shit, you look like a different person. Um, and it's just crazy how fast it can happen. But I would definitely say that photos and video, the most important thing that we're going to have for physique clients. And then of course, measurements as well. Um, weight is certainly important. And then just the biofeedback, you know, a big thing I like to ask people and I'm like, listen, I know that you're hungry. Let's take that lens away. You're always going to be hungry. But are you, do you feel like you're working through the food? And it's almost like this feeling that I've had, like, I'm sure you guys can relate to, like when you've competed, like you just know, like, okay, I'm hungry, but I need to drop again. Like, this is not like, I'm not moving through this as I should be. Like, I'm still hungry, but I'm no longer in a deficit. And I mm -hmm. ask people that, like, listen, do you have this feeling? And usually the people that I'm working with, like, they're pretty in tune with all that. And they're like, yeah, like it's time. Um, or they'll even know that I'm going to ask They're like, listen, I got like, things are kind of stalled out. I can feel it. We need to drop. And it usually like that kind of gut instinct there. And it's, it is very, I would say maybe not for a first time competitor, they're not going to maybe understand that as well. But if you are very in tune with your body and you pick up on that over time, or you have a coach who is prompting the right questions, you can certainly use that biofeedback as a way to adjust as well. Is there a way you like uh, to get the videos or the photos out of interest? Do you have like a specific setup just because I've had, I don't know if you've had bad experiences where people are like, don't know, doing a selfie in the mirror or what have you. Um, yeah. Is there a setup you like? Yeah. I would say that, you know, you don't need a, a little bit lower than like a counter is ideal, right? Like his counter is a little bit high, like the judges are below you. So if we can get a little bit lower, that is ideal. Um, and then obviously natural light is going to be the best, but I understand that not every person has access to natural light or they're going to be getting up early or, or whatever it might be. So I mean, even the house that I moved into, all of the windows are facing the not that way. So it's like when I moved, I was in the middle of prep when I moved here and I was like, I don't have anywhere to take pictures. <laughs> And, and I remember Cliff was like, I've seen a lot of bad pictures, like we got it. Um, so I think over time you kind of just develop an eye to like look through the bad yeah. photo. Um, and that's really where the videos help as well. Now, if somebody is like, you know, standing in the wrong way, the mirror, like the opposite of this, right. Or it's just like, I mean, nothing. It's like a potato can. We're like, listen, we got to work on this, but most people are sending like adequate stuff. Um, I just always ask for it to be consistent. If you're going to use a light, use a light. If you're going to not, if you're going to use natural light, Use natural light. If you're going to position it somewhere, don't have it on the floor one day and then really high the next. That's going to look completely different. Um, and so that's, I would say, the main thing um, for me. And then, yeah, the video can really help too. Awesome.
Holly, how about you? Uh, are photos and videos big on your kind of monitoring tools as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I would say that for somebody that is starting prep maybe for the first time or that is carrying a little bit more body fat, I think sometimes for the client um, to keep motivated, I think that the scale probably is more important than the photos and the video um, to begin with because it's difficult to see change. Um, when somebody is carrying more body fat. So thinking about it from a client perspective, I would rely a little bit more heavily at the beginning of a diet um, on the scale. But as that client is getting leaner or if you're starting with somebody that is lower body fat, um, then absolutely those photos are critical. And I think our, our, I guess, requirements for our coaching clients are pretty similar to to what Lauren's doing so you know we're getting front on side on rear facing um, poses and yeah consistency is always the most important thing I think there's nothing worse than trying to compare a photo taken at you know midnight um, quick selfie before they get into bed and then you've got the other photos with you know bright natural light Um, it definitely makes it very difficult to assess progress but Something else that I was going to, I wanted to touch on, I didn't want to interrupt Lauren, but it was interesting, you know, talking about biofeedback and, you know, do you feel like you're actually making progress? Because so often if somebody is um, just relying on the scale and they're not taking those photos, um, it's very easy to believe that you have indeed hit a plateau. Um, but visually you may be able to see changes still taking place. Like they are visibly notably leaner, um, but the scale isn't changing or it's going up. And there are so many variables that will play into why your weight may not change on the scale, but you might still be losing body fat. You know, simple things like changes to your dietary fiber intake, changes to the types of fiber that you are consuming, you know, soluble versus insoluble fiber. You know, if you're having a really soluble fiber one week um, that's very osmotic and draws a lot of water into your digestive system, that might actually completely mask um, a body fat loss for one particular week. Same could be said if you are, you know, changing the amount of water that you're drinking from day to day or your energy activity isn't being tracked accurately. You know, you're not looking at your steps and they're um, changing from one week to the next. You know, so there's so many things that can um, play into changes on the scale. Um, And if you aren't taking photos, you could be missing out on key pieces um, of feedback. So Yeah, videos, photos, um, and weight um, are all very, very helpful. Awesome. Holly, you mentioned actually previously, I think, with the scale weight, sometimes you look at like bi-weekly averages. And I guess this is where for females, it can differ a bit to males because you have the menstrual cycle, which Mm -hmm. is going to add a a kind of confusing variable potentially into the mix. How do you like to kind of take that into consideration for a competitor? Yeah, it's really tough for girls. (laughs) think um so for for women that are still getting their menstrual cycle um usually what I would do during a week of um, someone's period is really make very little changes uh to their diet so for example let's say I had somebody kind of checking in um and we know based on past check-ins that their average weight might change by I don't know one or two pounds during that particular week um we can kind of make trends um based on what's happening 
happened previously. So it's good if you've been working with somebody for a little while because everybody's weight will fluctuate differently and it might be at different times um, as well. So some people may start to see their weight really take an increase, um, you know, three or four days before they get their period. Others won't see any change at all until they get their menstrual cycle and it jumps right up. So I think the most important thing um, that I can say to ladies is to try and be as consistent as possible with all of the other variables. So making sure that for that particular week, you probably need to be paying really close attention to your food intake, probably a little bit more than you would on other weeks, just so that we can really determine whether a change in weight is um, on account of the fact you have your period or whether it is dietary related. And same can be said for, um, you know, exercise, you know, they should be doing those things anyway. Um, but I think it becomes even more important those in those weeks um, so that your coach can actually correctly identify where those changes are coming from. But normally um, I won't make any adjustments during those weeks. I want to see like if I've just recently made a change to somebody's nutrition intake, um, I would say, you know what, let's hold steady for another week so that I can see what your body does now that we have, you know, your hormones resetting and returning to normal levels um, outside the influence of changes to estrogen and progesterone, which are going to cause your total body water um, to kind of rise. So it does make it hard. And I think also women, we are immediately focusing in on our stomach. Obviously, it's not necessarily the most comfortable thing. We experience pain, bloating, all of those things. So I kind of have to remind the girls not to stare too much at their tummy. You know, we are still assessing your body composition changes based on your extremities as well. So try not to focus too much on that because how you feel physically um, can often bias that mindset and they can start to have all those feelings of self-doubt when in actual fact it's just okay you're feeling pretty crappy you've got your period you're bloated uh da 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 da, da. so it definitely makes it um challenging but I'd be open to hearing what Lauren does um, for her girls as well similar I would say that the biggest thing I'm going to look at here is previous history okay are you somebody who during your cycle week weight goes up a lot or is that your ovulation week instead or do you not really have a lot of scale changes but you have more of those physical changes like you said and if mm. somebody is updating they're saying oh I'm so bloated I feel very inflamed I feel like I'm holding so much water this week and it's like all right well that is why the scale is up this all correlates here and oftentimes it's just about reminding the client mm -hmm. of that you know they know but we have to remind them and it's like hey okay let's just stay the course for a few days send me a check-in in three days and, and just and just let me know how you're feeling or if weight has dropped. Or if the person is very, very hung up on it, just like Holly said, we'll just address this next week. Stay, stay consistent. And that's going to be the most important thing. Now, let's say we are cutting it down to the wire and things are just not moving. And it's like, listen, like, doesn't matter if it's your cycle or not. We need to we see more progress. Sometimes you just got to drop stuff. And that's the biggest distinguisher too with a contest prep is if you're on the fence with a gen pop client or just any kind of lifestyle cut, eh, we'll just let it go this week. You know, no, no harm, no foul prep, or we're making weight for another kind of sport. sport. Mm -hmm. No, we need to continue to dial this in. Um, and it doesn't really matter if you have your cycle or not, you know, if you're not making progress, if, if it hasn't dropped, we need to be preemptive about that drop. And there's sometimes even when somebody has made a change, I almost, again, have this intuitive feeling based on their feedback and everything. 
it's going to slow down this week. We need to make a drop here. And they're like, whoa, how did you? It's like, I, I just, I don't know. I just knew with working with you for a long time that this was the right thing to do. And then we kept it going. So sometimes you do have to be a little bit more aggressive because guess what? If you are a little more aggressive on the front end and you're ready early, that's okay. Like I'm thrilled if somebody's ready early. Like that's what my goal actually is. Um, and like I said in the beginning, we don't really usually set specific timelines unless it's a, a certain particular big show. Um, but being ready earlier in that time frame is always better than later. So um, if we're kind of on the edge, I'm like, let's go. Um, but if we've just made a change or if somebody is really reporting their, their feedback is very bloated, very watery inflamed. Yeah. It, it's likely because of that. Fantastic. Hi guys, Steve here. Just wanted to take a moment of your time to remind you of our online coaching service at revive stronger. We pride ourselves on providing personalized service that will take your physique and knowledge to the next level. If you're interested, check the description and sign up. Fantastic. I think that's really well explained and yeah, it's just a case of remembering you are a female and this is normal and this is what to expect. And like you said, if you've got that historical data, that kind of can calm a lot of worries because you know what to sort of expect. I know, uh, Holly, you mentioned about if you still have your menstrual cycle and I think that's something hopefully a lot of female competitors realizes that there is a risk involved with losing it. What, what would you say is on average, how many weeks do you see competitors go without it? um what what kind what sort of time frame does that occur what are you seeing with your kind of females and have you found any ways of maintaining it for longer i don't know if any diet breaks or refeeds have have helped that process yeah that's a really good question and honestly it is so um variable from person to person i have had girls lose their menstrual cycle three weeks into dieting and their body fat percentage, if I was to estimate might be like, you know, 25%. I've had other women um, that are dieting and they've maintained their menstrual cycle to the day for the entire contest prep. They're on stage and they're due to get their period that week. So it really does depend, I think, on the individual and potentially maybe there's a bit of a correlation here between people's uh, body fat set points. Um, I think perhaps if somebody uh, naturally has a higher body fat set point, um, you know, once they start to gravitate away from that, and when I mean away, I'm talking like lower body fat, um, you know, then they're probably more um, susceptible to losing it uh, quicker. Um, but if somebody naturally has a lower body fat set point, um, and then the change that's taking place throughout that fat loss phase um, isn't like as severe, um, maybe they are less prone to losing their menstrual cycle early on in the piece. But again, it, it's so variable. And I don't really think that um, diet breaks are uh, well studied enough to know whether they're going to have any implications on, um, you know, menstrual cycle. I think in theory, I mean, we are providing more energy, more calories are coming in. So, um, you know, menstrual cycle um, closely associated with the provision of energy or energy balance. So potentially maybe there's some benefits, but I think it's definitely something to bring up with a lot of ladies, um, especially first time competitors. Uh, a lot of them don't realize that it's normal to see changes to their menstrual cycle um, or to lose it altogether. And as far as recovering the menstrual cycle, um, I think that that probably, again, depends on the person's history, how extreme their diet was, how long was the diet, uh, how long did they maintain that body fat mass, um, because I have seen some people take years to recover. Um, I think the act of reverse dieting has certainly been something that can 
help uh, recover somebody's period a little faster, um, getting them back to um, a what we would consider normal amount of calories, um, you know, faster than somebody trying to, you know, maintain their new lean physique and not realizing that there are going to be ramifications to that. So I think reversing out of a show, um, getting your body fat levels back to something that's within a normal range for you um, is probably really important um, for that. So, yeah. Awesome. I think that's very well said. Lauren, how about you? What's, has your experience been very similar? I would say that the only factor that I can see that's consistent is that body fat settling point to start. Um, and the people who have to make very large changes to mm. from that deviation, like Holly said, will lose it. Also, as we know, it's not, it, obviously energy availability is one of the most important factors here, but also how your body is perceiving these stressors is also important. So say somebody is, has been a lifetime athlete and they understand like their body understands like training and what this takes and like rigorous, just, you know, everything, right? Like I've found that they typically can no science here, but just anecdotally with clients seem to hold on to it a little bit better. Whereas clients who maybe haven't ever, you know, been lifetime athletes or have been going through this, you know, the added pressure of like a show and being super diligent and the cardio and the training, their body's like, whoa, 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 this is all new to us. So that's where I think it's going to be very different. And that's going to be a big distinguisher between obviously somebody who is more advanced. Um, and I think that at some point it kind of self-select, like every sport self-selects people that are going to succeed, right? If we look at like CrossFit, right? Like why are all the girls jacked? Well, part of it obviously is how they train, but part of it is it's going to self-select for those people to be successful. Like you're going to fit into a certain body type the same way that certain body types are going to fit into physique competitions. Now, obviously there is a wider range with physique competitions because it's not athletically based. Uh, so you can, you can work really, really hard against your genetics and you can succeed as a physique athlete, but you may not be able to do so for as long as maybe somebody else in, in a healthful way. So I think that it, again, it's just really going to depend on that kind of body fat settling point. Um, and also, are you starting to prep with healthy hormones? Have you taken the adequate amount of time off or were you kind of rocky with your off season? You really only kind of over eight for three months and then decided to prep again, because even though, and this is what I have seen hundred percent of the time, or maybe not hundred, but most 90% of the time with people, I hate saying hundred percent, 90% of the time with people is that even if they have gone from a very, very lean physique to let's just say they haven't been able to rein their eating in, they've been overeating and now they've gained body fat pretty rapidly. They still don't have their cycle back because that is still stressful on their body. The fact that they're overeating and then compensating and overeating compensated. So sometimes it's not only the body fat that is there. It's also about kind of the internalization of those stressors and what else that you're doing in order to kind of get that cycle back. Really well said. I think that's very helpful, especially for people who maybe weren't even aware of kind of the, the implications for their menstrual cycle. Um, yeah, males get it easy in that regard. We just have like one hormone to worry about really uh, for that sort of thing. So I wanted to kind of, I, I guess, jump gun a little bit in terms of talking about peak week. Uh, I know people will be disappointed if we don't talk about peak week because whether or not it's deserved, the amount of attention it gets is quite a lot. And I think peaking for females is probably a little bit different for males. I think people maybe 
generally think of peak week for like bodybuilders who are like, I don't know, 5% or less body fat and kind of maybe big people are bigger than some of the females and bikini categories, which they're just going for a different look. They're not going for that kind of hard vascular, like ridiculous condition. What are your guys' kind of preferences? How, How have you found the best peaks to come around? I'm sure there's various uh, ways that you like to do things um so i don't know if uh, holly you want to start with how how you tend to peak maybe it would be different for a bikini and a figure competitor but maybe you want to pick one of those and how how it tends to look sure so there are several approaches that i could implement i think if i had to pick i'm definitely somebody that works um, more towards uh, a safer approach and that's probably our uh, front loading uh, approach so essentially you are starting to reintroduce uh, carbohydrate at the beginning of the week leading into the show on the weekend um, I guess part of the reason uh, why our athletes are starting to you know look really good when they're getting on stage is because they've come from a really depleted state where their muscles are looking super flat um, and they're essentially empty they don't have any glycogen um, to kind of fill them out um, and make them look good and pop. So um, the point of Peak Week really is to prime the athlete and get them uh, looking their very best. Um, It's not really a week to make changes, like dramatic changes, like the work should have been done um, in the, you know, the entire prep, really the peak is just to kind of perfect um, what's already there. There's nothing drastic that's going to happen. So with a front-loading protocol, um, I am generally starting the week off pretty high with carbohydrate, um, and the total amount that we really use is dependent on that individual's um, most recent carbohydrate intake. So, you know, everybody is going to be dieting on different numbers depending on the person. So um, nice and high at the beginning, and then I will probably taper it back down a little bit towards the middle of the week. Um, And then that kind of gives us a bit of a snapshot for how they're actually looking when their muscle is, you know, fully glycogenated, it's looking good, it's nice and round and full, we've got water moving into the tissue. Um, And then we have a couple of what I like to call uh, swing days. So uh, depending on um, how they're looking, we've got maybe Thursday and or Friday to kind of perfect. Um, If they're still looking really flat, and that might be the case if they've had to get really aggressive at the very end of their uh, final weeks of that preparation, um, we might have to go a little bit higher on those two days kind of leading into the show. So uh, that's kind of how the carbohydrate uh, component works. Do you want me to kind of speak about what happens with the other macronutrients or just you're looking more for the general concept of what peak week is about? I, I think it would be great to hear about if you're making any manipulations to water, sodium, yeah, yeah. protein, fats, uh, f- even down to like food composition, that sort of thing. That would be great to hear about. So I'm Steve Hall, founder of Revive Stronger and a coach of Revive Stronger. My name is Pascal Floor. I'm the co-owner of Revive Stronger and also a coach, of course. 
the Revive Stronger has probably been going solidly for three years, probably roughly about three years. Revive Stronger to me, it is becoming kind of my child, my foster child. It's the gathering and getting together of like-minded people. We've been expanding the coaching team, which is helping us help more people, uh, but each coach can only help a certain number of people. Right now, it's all over the place. We have YouTube, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, but there isn't that community aspect behind that. And so the next step for us is developing a membership site. So basically we want to create a family and a community that is then benefiting from another. A really cool community for people within our little niche is gonna be a website. They will get early access to our podcast. You can access us, ask us questions, the community aspect. We have a forum there, you can ask questions, but also you can, you can lock your journey. There's also gonna be courses on there, courses, presentations on different topics. Discount of past seminar footage. We will log our journey as well. We'll start vlogging. We're gonna have documentaries, our entire athletic journey. Furthermore, they get access to an exercise video library. The exercises that we love for hypertrophy and maximizing hypertrophy, we're gonna go through those in depth, telling you how to execute them. We kept them concise and also mobile friendly so that you can watch them in between your sets. I'm super excited to grow this community. The amount of value that we're gonna be delivering is huge. And I'd love you to be part of it. You will get so much out of that. I'll see you inside.